1: celebrate with me and my family right now we have my current. we just celebrating the first day as a Raider I love you guys
2: Raider Nation stay tuned yes that was Antonio Brown folks yes this is real life it is happening AB is an Oakland Raider Mr. Big Chest as he likes to call himself <laughs> will be donning the silver and black and as you can tell by the audio clip, he is one happy man. Oh my goodness. Well, as you know, you're listening to Keep It at 300. I'm Fallon Smith. James Jones is on the other side of the mic. And James, there are so many elements to discuss with this trade. But before we get to all of that, I want to get your initial reaction. Did you see this coming?
1: First off, all, I just want to say Ray <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I did not see this coming at all. But man, let me tell you something: once a Raider, always a Raider. And the product that we've seen on that field this season, and all the things that Gruden did, Coop gone, yes. Mac gone. Yes. This was this right here <laughs> was a much needed move for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. And Coach Gruden to let the fans know, I told y'all, just ride with me. I got you. We're going to make moves. We're going to make the right moves. I know y'all was angry with me about Khalil (laughs) and Coop, as you should have been. But we got a plan in place, and we're going to get this thing rolling. And this right here lets me know that he's going to do whatever he has to do to get it rolling. And I'm so happy for my guy, D.C., yes. to get a big-time weapon like that on the outside. And I'm juiced up for my man, Jordy, Jordy. because now, cause now you got a dude that's going to come in straight off the streets and demand a double team yes. every single game. Yes. So you're going to have one-on-one coverage to go to work as well. So I'm excited for the Raiders Nation, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do next. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You shoot. Maybe we lady can see a lady on bail Somebody creeping in the building, who knows? Okay, you're getting man. a little
2: too far ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah, okay. I just got
1: a little excited <laughs> right there. But, man, no, this, no I'm juiced up. And and another reason why I'm juiced up, too, is because a lot of times when guys get traded, they end up going to places to where they're just going to fail. Yeah. Where the quarterback might be bad, team might be bad, and all that type of stuff. Just kind of like, and I'm not saying Josh Allen is terrible, is going to be bad, but he he hasn't proven anything yet. So, AB being in the prime of his career, going to Buffalo, it's just set up to fail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So him going to Oakland. You know, they're going to have a good running game because you're either going to bring Marshawn back, you're probably going to, you know, bring a free agent in there as well. So you're going to have a good running game. And then you bring a big-time passer in there like like A.B. But I'm excited for A.B. because you get a very good quarterback at Derek Carr that can sling the ball and you still can show what you got.
2: James, pump the brakes real quick. We're going to dissect all of that. we got to rewind a little bit, though. It, obviously, it looks good on paper right now. We are all excited. Well, most of us, at least, are excited. Me and you (laughs) are keeping it 300 because we're excited. But obviously, he hasn't done anything yet. Other pieces need to be put in place. But let's rewind. Let's rewind to Thursday. People thought, as you mentioned, that he was going to the Buffalo Bills. Okay? So your boy, your colleague, Ian Rappaport, I don't know if his source played him, but maybe he didn't. Maybe his source didn't play him. Maybe when A.B. went on social media and said fake news, you know, maybe that rubbed the Bills the wrong way. And knowing that A.B. didn't want to be in Buffalo, uh, they possibly could have taken the deal off the table because, you know, he wouldn't have showed up, right, to Buffalo. So you don't want to trade a player, trade for a player, knowing that he isn't going to show up. So do you think that A.B. sabotaged that deal, Is that the reason why that fell through, or did your colleague just get bad information?
1: Well, you know, I don't know what information Ian got, and I don't know if A.B. would have showed up or not. I mean, that's one of those things where, you know, Ian tweeted out something, A.B. tweeted back out fake news. (laughs) Uh, If the trade would have happened, who knows what A.B. would have did. I don't know that because, I mean, shoot, who, I mean, A.B., it was up to him. Do you want to go play in Buffalo, or was you just going to say, Nope, I'm not doing nothing, I'm not going, so, you know, the trade ain't going to go through? So I don't know whose information fell through, but you know what? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy you asked that question, though, because I just played last week. I mean, not last week, but this past, this, well, yesterday, uh, in Kurt Warner's flag football pass. Was it Friday yeah, or Saturday? It- it was Saturday. The oh, games okay. were Saturday.
3: Seven. Yeah,
1: so I played. I played in a curtain, and I was an all-time quarterback. I threw probably twelve interceptions, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but so you know, some celebrities was there. To was there. Brandon Marshall was there. But we did a Q and A before all the games started with a lot of the sponsors and stuff. Okay. And one of the questions was to To was how do you handle trades?
3: Mm-mm.
1: And T.O. said, it's crazy you asked that question. And this is the first time I heard the story, too. But T.O. Told the, told the lady, I asked, I'm like, it's crazy you asked that question because when I was with the San Francisco 49ers, they had agreed to trade me to Baltimore Ravens. Mm. And he said, at that time, I was in the prime of my career, just like A.B. is. Yeah. And I looked at the quarterback, and the quarterback was Cal Bowler.
3: Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
1: So he said, me and my agent got a little smart, so they said, okay, we're trading T.O. to the Baltimore Ravens. They sent me my plane ticket and all that, but T.O. said – I knew and my agent knew if I don't take the physical or pass the physical, the trade can never go through. <laughs> oh, man. So he said, looking out for myself,
3: mm-hmm. knowing
1: that that wasn't going to be a good, a good spot for my career because they did not have a quarterback, I did not get on the plane to go take <laughs> my physical. <laughs> so the trade didn't go through. Wow! So maybe with A.B. saying fake news, they probably, Buffalo Bills could have thought like, okay, he's not going to come out here and take this physical and the trade probably ain't going to go through. Yeah, why waste the time? Yeah, so, you know, let's just back, you know, pump our brakes and back up and, you know, see what happens.
2: Man, that's actually a really awesome story. And how fitting, right? The day before the big trade with AB happens, you and T.O. are at this uh, football game, charity football game, and somebody asked him that question. That's very ironic
1: it was and it's crazy sitting there listening to all these guys tell their stories because i mean you learn something new every time but when i learned and i'm like dang you and your agent was pretty smart, pretty for smart. That because the k the, the trade can't go through you know what i'm saying yes. so now you know baltimore saying all right you don't want to play for us so we're not going to mm-hmm. give up no draft picks or not for him if he don't even want to play for us so then boom he ended up going to philly
2: that's so crazy. Well, okay, so this is what we were talking about, was Thursday, him possibly going to, to Buffalo. Then Friday, where the bill said, you know, a trade wasn't happening, I thought, okay, the Raiders are still in play here. But then reports were saying that the Steelers wanted a first-round pick for him. And to be quite honest with you, you may think I'm a terrible general manager if I did this. I know you called me a terrible general manager on the last <laughs> podcast, but that's okay. But if you're a franchise looking to win now, A.B. is worth the first-round pick. Not a high one, you know, obviously, because of the H. But the one that you got from the Cowboys, your 27th overall pick, which means you're basically trading Cooper for A.B. Now, even though, again, Cooper is younger, be in the league for longer, etc. But he isn't a proven receiver. You know, he's inconsistent, as we know. I'll take a proven receiver who consistently puts up big numbers year in and year out. Because a down year for AB would set franchise records for the Raiders any year, okay? So again, I would have given the Steelers our 27th overall pick. Now, Mayak and Gruden, they thought, all right, that was too much. Nope. I'm like, okay, what about your 35th overall pick, right? High second rounder for AB. That seems like a good deal to me as well. Nope. The Raiders still have four of the top 35 picks in this year's NFL draft. The Raiders ridiculously won this trade, there's no arguing about it. You get one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the National Football League, for a third and fifth round pick, James. Are you kidding me? I would have taken that in a heartbeat. And, And how about this? How about this? Last year, the Raiders got Martavis Bryant from the Steelers for a third round pick. That's how crazy this trade is. You got him for a third and a fifth. Now, someone even posted a screenshot of them trying to make The trade proposal on Madden and on Madden, the video game, the trade proposal was denied because that's just (laughs) how bananas that this trade was. So when you look back, the Raiders basically got rid of Amari Cooper, got rid of a third and fifth round pick for Antonio Brown and a first round draft pick. That's winning right there. Hashtag winning. Winning. I love this trade. I absolutely love this trade.
1: No question about it. And we all love it. And that's why I said right when this thing we got on this podcast is this is what Raider Nation needed to see from Gruden. Because since he has gotten there, everything has been so bad. So bad. What in the world is he doing? He's letting all of our players go. Our season went down the drain. He did not get a three-win football team. All this stuff. What's going on? And you had some of them Raider fans that's that's like, okay, if we're gonna ride with him, we we're ride gonna with him. ride with him. Yep. And we trust him, and that he gonna get this thing going. And this right here. Yeah is you talking to your fans saying, I got you guys. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We got A.B., and now we still have three first-round picks and one at the top of the second. Mm-hmm. We can do some damage and get this thing rolling. So I'm excited about it. I did not think the Pittsburgh Steelers would give A.B. up for a third in the fifth. Uh,
2: that's insane. Like,
1: that is just insane. So that is letting me know in Pittsburgh. They were the done. Pittsburgh Steelers were just like, man, let's just hurry up and get this over with, and let's move on. We'll draft another guy in the draft. Is he gonna be a B? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Definitely not gonna be a B his rookie year, but yeah. who knows? We'll get a guy. You know what I mean? But let's just hurry up and get this over with because to deal him for a third and a fifth, I mean that 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 that's crazy right there. I mean this is a guy consistently gonna give you twelve hundred and. 10 touchdowns, and 80, 90-plus catches a year. 100
2: catches a year. The last six seasons, he's had 100-plus catches every single season for the last six seasons. That is consistency right there. Now, I don't care how people are saying, oh, he's old. You know, he's 30 years old, the aging wide receiver. I'm sorry. He's still playing good football. He's still in the prime of his career. He still at least has three solid years left, if not more, in my opinion. Because he knows how to take care of his body. I think he has more, but with a B, the Raiders get a true number one receiver, and they automatically get better on offense with him on the roster. Now, James, do you think though the Steelers or maybe Big Ben was like, "Look, it's me or the highway, it's me or a B
1: Oh man, no i don't I don't I don't think Big Ben came in there and said that uh, i would I would hope not because people are really about to see how hard it is to win games over there in Pittsburgh without a big-time receiver.
2: When they got Juju and a couple young guys again.
1: I know everybody wants to give credit to Big Ben. It's a quarterback-driven league. Yeah. But Antonio Brown has made a lot of plays to help that team win games. Mm Mm-hmm. And people don't understand, Juju, now the spotlight is on you. I am a a Juju fan, love everything he brings to the game. But now the spotlight is on you. Now the coverages are rolled to you. The double teams are coming to you. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you be that elite receiver, that number one guy with all the attention on you, the double teams coming on you? Because before, you balling out because you're getting a lot of the one-on-one coverage because yeah. the double teams is going to AB. The safety is rolling on the top of AB. We got to stop him. And you were killing. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have the benefit of that. So can you be that guy? And he probably, he he might maybe can, yeah. but we don't know if he can yet. Yeah. You know, but for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's just, it just blows my mind an organization like that.
2: Could just get rid of a player without getting any value for him. No, 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 no.
1: But but the year before, you let a great player in, Le'Veon Bell, walk. Oh,
2: I mean, yes. And then the What's going on? The next
1: season after, you let a guy in his prime, one of the best receivers to ever do it, walk.
3: Yeah. What's going like on? Com-
1: like like, what's going on yeah. over there in that building? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that that's the question. Like, these are two franchise players right here. Yeah, you you saying a wide receiver that's 30 years old? You know, what I mean, in football years, that's dog years. But listen, Larry Fitzgerald just signed an extension to play another one. He ain't near 50. He,
3: it, it, yes.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that and that's one thing I do credit A B about. A.B. and Larry Fitzgerald take care of their of bodies. Their bodies. Yep. You know, A.B. don't miss games. Uh-uh. A.B. is always available. Yep. He takes care of his bodies, whether he has people living with him, masseuses, people, whoever, but he takes care of his body. So A.B. can play at a high level for five more years because he stays working out, he stays grinding, and he stays taking care of his body. Yes. So... Yeah, this is absolutely a win-win for the Raiders, man, and... I don't know what Pittsburgh was thinking, giving up a third and a fifth, but it's hard It's hard for me to believe an organization like Pittsburgh, like two superstar players, all pro players, get out the door back-to-back years.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. And I follow AB on Instagram, and he is always on Instagram every day, right, uh, going Instagram live um, to talk to the fans, showing workouts. He's always posting stuff, and he has this guy, his uh, Instagram handle is like Ed Chapo, Or El Chapo, I forget, but um, it's his chef. So, yeah, he has a chef. And I also think that his chef is his personal trainer as well. Like, every day they're together, and he... uh Post pictures of his breakfast, his snacks, his lunch, his dinner. Everything is clean, clean eating. And this was literally like a day after the season, too. Yeah. Like a day after the season, he's still eating clean. He's still working out. So that just shows you how serious he is about taking care of his body.
3: That's
1: longevity right yeah. there, man. So. You know this is a great trade for the Raiders, and now you, now you. I mean, like you say, I'm always a believer in Derek Carr. So you got a very good young quarterback locked down. Now you got a big time receiver locked down. You got a very good old line. You add maybe one more piece to the O line. You got a great old Actually, line. Actually,
2: they just got rid of Colletti Semele today. That was a big head scratcher, but it freed up some cap space.
1: That now that's a big blow. I did not, I did not know that until you just told me right now. Yeah. But-
2: they traded him to the Jets for a fifth-rounder.
1: That's a big blow. So you got to get somebody to come in there and fill his spot. Uh
2: huh. I-, I couldn't believe that either, but I guess it freed up over yeah. $10 million in cap, and that's why they did it, and they only got a fifth-round pick yeah. uh, for him. Yeah. But if I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I, I know some of the fans are torn because a lot of fans are like, whatever, he was a cancer. We're glad we got rid of him, whatever. Let's be real. Six months ago, okay, if you would have told – The fans that you were getting rid of, Antonio Brown, and in return, you're going to get a third and a fifth round pick. You would be sick to your stomach. So if I'm a Steelers fan right now, I'm still sick to my stomach. I feel terrible for those fans. With that said, one of your friends or colleagues is a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, and that is uh, Dave Damashek, who we had on our podcast a few months ago. (laughs) Yeah, Dave. Have you spoke to him about this trade? Because I'm sure he's down in the dumps.
1: (laughs) I have not spoken to him, but I know he's a big A.B. fan. He's always over there arguing about A.B. could be one of the top five receivers to ever play the game if he continues to go on this path he's going. So I know Dave is is big and high. He's high on, on A.B. Yeah. So I know he's probably hurt. He's probably sitting up in the dark right now somewhere, you know, with a glass of wine. He probably stressed <laughs> out, you know, because I mean? <laughs> well, they didn't get – yeah, cause they didn't get done back for, for for AB, but. I'll talk to Dave soon, but yes, no. as a, as a Steeler fan, I mean, okay. to be sick. I understand you guys want to part ways with him. I understand you're saying he may be a cancer to the team and all that, but come on now. We gotta get a first or A.B. He's a special player. We can't just what, let him walk for a third and a fifth. I even think... Because nobody knows the whole story. No, that's what I was gonna say. You know and what what We're gonna saying? get to that.
2: Hold on, because we're gonna get to that. You, I love how you talk more than me, but we're, we're gonna get to that, about the whole story of what actually happened with Big Ben and stuff, because you talked about that on this podcast a few months ago and you had like the inside scoop and ab ended up tweeting exactly what you said about what went down with him and big Ben. we'll get to that in a second i want to first though uh wrap up this whole like the the news portion of it and and what it means and how much money the raiders are going to give up before we kind of go into all that but um ab purposely you know Sabotage his standing with the Steelers and it ended up working in his favor especially money-wise so contract details so they reworked the previous deal that AB had with the Steelers right so three-year contract now worth 50.125 million with incentives he could make up to 54.125 million and get this this is the big thing here he gets 30.125 million guaranteed with the Steelers He had no guaranteed money. And his contract was originally worth three years, uh, 38.925 million. So he gets this huge uh, raise, I guess you would say, plus $30 million in guaranteed money. He's averaging $17 million a year, making him the highest paid receiver in the league. That guaranteed money, James, kind of scared Raiders fans a bit, but um, excuse me, they have the money to pay him. AB's worth The chance. And he deserves that money. Right. Every penny of it.
1: No question about it. It ain't even. Listen, Raider fans should not be worried about none of that. He is worth every penny. And he's showing that every year after year after year after year after year. year. So listen, ain't no need to worry. Money's money. Raider fans, it ain't y'all yeah. money.
3: <laughs> it ain't y'all money. They got <laughs> it, so who cares? <laughs> it,
1: spend also, it. it ain't y'all money. They gotta give it to exactly. them, man. And as for as as for football players, man, and and a former player that used to play, this is what you love to see. You love seeing guys get guaranteed money. I don't care who it is. I don't care if they say, oh, he's stealing. He ain't made no plays. Good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of players, that get cut, don't get paid, whatever. So when a guy gets his guaranteed money, I'm extremely happy for him. I'm glad the Raiders did that, did right by him. Because like I said before, this is letting people know that, listen, we are trying to build this thing. We want to put a winning product on the field. Just work with us, stay with us, and we're going to get this thing rolling. So, A, B, let's go. (laughs) I know you're going to be ready. Come, put that black and silver on, and let's go to work. It's
2: silver and black. I hate when people say black and silver. Come on. It's black silver, silver, silver and black. And black nah, all the same you're supposed colors. to say silver and it's black in that same order. Same in color. that order. It don't
1: matter what you... It don't matter what you put on first. You put your jersey on first, your pants on first, black and silver, don't matter. Whatever. It's like
2: saying the Raiders <laughs> Oakland instead of the Oakland Raiders. But anyways, no, no, you should no, know yeah, that of all definitely
1: people. Definitely not saying it like that. You
2: should of all people know. <laughs> that, don't even,
1: that don't even sound right, right. there. the Raiders exactly, Oakland. Exactly. That's my
2: point. <laughs> I grew up a Raiders fan. It's the silver and black.
1: Black and silver no, sound grimy. No. Silver and black sound grimy. It's all the same. Uh, you know the color. Hey,
2: I have a poster Real men wear silver and black, even though I'm not a man. I don't know why I have that poster, but it's real men wear silver and black in that order. Anyways, James, um, there are so many people, though, that have mixed feelings about AB playing for the silver and black. They say, you know, if he couldn't play for a Hall of Fame quarterback, how in the world is he going to be okay with Derek Carr? He's a diva. If the Raiders aren't winning, he's going to pull those same antics that he did in Pittsburgh. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, as I mentioned, you told us on the previous podcast what exactly happened between AB and Big Ben, what caused that rift in their relationship, and how AB kept his mouth shut for years and was a great teammate and basically just snapped on Big Ben this season because Big Ben could never take responsibility for anything and would always be pointing the finger at everybody else. So I'm going to give him a pass on that. But the way that you know he went about his business this offseason was a little immature, a little petty. You gotta agree with that. All the Twitter posts and the Instagram lives. Okay, I'm still past all of that, okay? However, you cannot knock his work ethic, like we have mentioned. He's one of the hardest working players in football. And his former teammates have told you that A B was an incredible teammate. So I know you know him personally. How would you describe the person, the player, and the teammate? That the Raiders are getting in A.B.
1: Well, first off, I want to say this, and and I I kind of mentioned it before, but A.B. is a guy that he's always going to be available.
3: Yeah.
1: He's always always going to be there for you. I know, you know, the last game he quit on him. He didn't want to suit up and all that. But listen. Ab is always going to be available. He takes care of himself. He takes care of his body. Everybody that I spoke to in that Steeler's building, they love this dude. He's a teammate. He goes out. He hangs out with all the teammates. Whether you on a practice squad, whether you make fifty million, he's gonna talk to you. He's just he's just that type of guy. You know what I mean? And a lot of the guys I talk to that play with him love him. You know what I mean? They like listen. He he he's a way better teammate than Big Ben. Hmm. You know what I'm saying, and and some of the players have told me that. Mm. And look, at the same time, I know everybody. How's he not going to get? Doesn't get along with Big Ben? How's this going to work with these? These are two different quarterbacks, and these are two, two different, different
2: personalities.
1: People. Exactly. <laughs> and from what I was told, like I said on the previous podcast, and even on TV, AB's and Big Ben's relationship was never like that. A B just did a great job of never letting the media get into it, never mm-hmm. saying nothing bad about Big Ben in the public, so he can never he never had to answer questions about him and Big Ben relationship like that. But it was never like that. Yeah. I truly believe that him and Derek Carr will have a way better relationship mm-hmm. than him and Big Ben had, just because I played for D C and I know what kind of kind of guy D C is and D C can get along with anybody. Yep. And DC will pat his chest. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think that when you walk into a locker room and you see a guy like that, you see, you know, a guy taking the blame, you you earn respect for that. And it's going to take time. They're going to build a relationship, but these are two different quarterbacks. So I don't want to hear people say, "I oh, he ain't get along." Be two different people.
2: Yeah, and that's the big thing. You know, as you mentioned with Derek Carr, as you know, because you played with him. He always – it doesn't matter if it wasn't his fault. If they lose, Derek Carr says, that's on me. It was on me. I needed to play better. It was my fault. My fault.
1: No question about it. And and that's a leader, and that's a quarterback. As a quarterback touching the ball every play, being the leader on the team – that is your job, good or bad. I take the blame for this. This is my team. So I think him and A.B. will hit it off just fine. I've been in that huddle. I've been in that locker room. I've been in the meeting rooms with D.C. I know what kind of guy he is. This relationship with him and A.B. will be just fine. And then you got a guy in the in the, in the wide receiver room, and Jordy Nelson, too, always going to keep everybody on Yeah, you know what I mean?
2: Okay, so I want to play something real quick. Uh, Ahead of last year's Raiders Steelers game, John Gruden had this to say about Antonio Brown.
0: What's the greatest thing about this man is I've told all our receivers if you get a chance to watch him practice you'll see what unlocks the greatness in him. He's the hardest working man I think in football. Hardest working player I've ever seen practice. And I've seen Jerry Rice, I've seen a lot of good ones. But I put uh, Antonio Brown at the top and if there's any young wideouts out there, I'd go watch him practice and you figure out yourself why he's such a good player.
2: That is some big praise from Gruden right there. And that's when he was a stealer and nobody saw this trade coming back in the fall. So it wasn't like he was pumping him up, you know, for him to get traded to, to the Oakland Raiders. Um, and I think Gruden is the perfect coach to deal with the big personality like A.B. Don't you agree?
1: Absolutely. And and that right there, that statement right there that Gruden just said, I'm not surprised because we see how he works in the offseason. Mm. Right when the season's over, he's back grinding. But not only that, talking to his teammates, that's what they told me.
3: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: why they have so much respect for him because he comes to work with his hard hat every day, ready to grind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And goes to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. First one to the field, last one to leave. He's he's a grinder. This is going to be good for the young guys to see in Oakland, mm-hmm. and it's going to be good just for the whole culture of the for Oakland sure. Raiders because this is how it, this is how it's supposed to be. So I'm excited about it. I'm hoping it goes the way it's supposed to go, uh-huh. you know, and and he makes plays and him and D.C. hit it off, and the Raiders have a big time here.
2: Now – You can't, though, disagree with the fact that he is a little diva-ish. He does have some diva tendencies. That's not a surprise with a lot of the top players in the NFL, and that's okay. Being a diva is not a bad thing. Um, He doesn't do a great job, maybe not the best job, of, you know, representing himself in the best light off the field, but... Again, there's no denying his work ethic. And the proof is in the pudding with the numbers that he puts up year in and year out. So what you're getting with A.B., right? Let's go back to to what the Raiders are getting on paper. They are getting a number one receiver, seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro for first team. Last year, James, last year he had 104 catches, 1,297 yards, and 15 touchdowns, which led the league. And by the way, he didn't play in Week 17. Last six seasons, James. Now, this is crazy. 686 receptions in six seasons. Over 9,000 yards, 67 touchdowns. Last year, the Raiders offense ranked 18th in passing yards, 24th in passing touchdowns. Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree are the only Raiders to hit the 1,000-yard milestone since Randy Moss back in 2005. Tim Brown, now this is even crazier, is the only Raiders player in franchise history to have a 100-catch season. And he did that back in 1997. Brown, as I mentioned earlier, has six straight seasons with at least 100 freaking catches. If you are a Raiders player right now, you have to be pumped up about this point blank period (laughs) just based on the numbers alone james
1: no question about it and if you're anybody on that offense you're pumped up if you're dc you're pumped up if you're a running back you're pumped up if you're jordy you're pumped up because he is coming in (laughs) and he's gonna get some attention and he's gonna make the offense that much more explosive man so it's showtime. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it, but it's showtime. I mean, we all know what we're getting, but he got to bring it to the black hole and he got to do what he did in Pittsburgh. And I'm, I can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be fun.
2: Well, did you know that uh, Drew Rosenhaus was on the NFL Network today? And if so, did you hear what he had to say about uh, his clients going to the Raiders?
1: I did not hear what he had to say. What'd he say?
2: Well, we'll get to that in just a bit, but first, it is ad time. All right, as we all know, life can be stressful. Very, very stressful. But getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that is super fast, incredibly affordable. and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives, and it only takes 10 minutes to apply. And you can rest assured, knowing that you've taken the steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you could have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Sounds pretty good, right? Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover just how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's Ethos, E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. You won't regret it. All right, welcome back. Drew Rosenhaus, AB's agent, went on the NFL Network and had this to say about Raiders new general manager Mike Mayock, John Gruden, and Derek Carr. Take a listen.
0: He did a good job. You guys would have thought that Mike Mayock was a, a, a veteran NFL general manager. This is my 31st year. You would never know that this was his first year as a GM. He was very sharp and he was very professional and it was good working with him. He actually worked on Antonio's deal with me. Drew, would this have been done without the new contract? Does he like John Gruden and the Raiders enough to have said, yes, I'll go if they didn't redo the deal? Um, Well, you know, rather than dealing (laughs) with hypotheticals, let me just say it worked out great. It was a win-win because you're right. John Gruden was a big part of this, as was Derek Carr. I mean, certainly Antonio is a great receiver, one of the best of all time. But it's hard to reach your potential if you don't have an offensive coach uh, or a quarterback that can help you execute. So we're thankful that Antonio got a new contract. We're thankful that he's with Raider Nation, one of the marquee franchises in the NFL. And uh, we're very excited that he's got a terrific coach and a terrific quarterback. Those things are very important. You know, when, when you play for so many years with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, I think it's important that you continue to have outstanding quarterback play.
2: All right. So no doubt about the quarterback play. Um, we'll get to Car in a second. But Rosenhaus mentioned and said that Mike Mayock was like a veteran GM in negotiations. Uh, and obviously that may be all smoke and mirrors and Rosenhaus just giving Mayock praise because, you know, he got his client a sweet deal. And I'm okay with the money, as I mentioned earlier. Um, where Mayock deserves praise is acquiring AB, a huge value, without giving up. A lot of value, you know? Uh, he could have easily jumped on the A-B train early. Um, and that would have obviously cost the Raiders, you know, maybe a first or second rounder. So he waited and basically stole A-B from the Steelers. You see what I did there? Stole A-B from the Steelers? I'm just kidding, That's really corny. But anyways, well, what do you think about, you know, Mayock's first big decision as Raiders general manager and if this is a telltale sign, you know, for the future?
1: Well, first off, I want to say that as a GM, this is an easy decision. You yeah. have a chance to get Antonio Brown. But, no, I think Mike Mayock coming in that building, knowing what had already happened
3: mm-hmm.
1: with losing Coop, with losing a Khalil, I think he understood that, okay, we got to make a splash. Yes. We got to let these fans know, that, listen, we're trying to win. We're not trying to tank this thing. We're not trying to rebuild this. We're trying to win now. Mm-hmm. And I know us letting Coop go and letting Khalil Mack go is not telling you guys that. But we're trying to win now. So if we, with him coming in and having the opportunity to be able to negotiate this deal and get Antonio Brown in that building. I think it was a no-brainer for him. Mm-hmm. And he's been around the business long enough, and we all know money talks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So if you're giving a player and an agent what they want, money talks. They're going to work with you. If you get what you want as an agent and a player, you are going to praise whoever gave you the deal.
3: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. if it worked in your favor and you got that money, you're going to listen. You're going to praise them, and you're going to keep praising them. But – I appreciate appreciate Mayock because this this had to be done because there's been a lot of dark spots this last year of all the stuff that happened. They needed something bright to happen and this had to be done.
2: Yeah, and Mayock's fingerprints are all over this, you know, and we said on the podcast months ago when the season was taking a big dump and when Gruden decided to fire Reggie McKenzie, we said Gruden needs to hire someone who he respects, who he trusts, clearly Mayock is that person you know gruden values his opinion trusts him in making the decisions the decisions that gms are supposed to make you know um and unfortunately for reggie kind of got the raw end of the deal Uh, i feel bad for reggie but of course this is a business and from what i'm hearing you know again this was all mayock this had his fingerprints all over it yes gruden gave his input probably gave the final approval and go ahead but it was mayock doing the willing and dealing it was mayock doing the negotiation so like i think that um it's kind of just a good sign to see that they're working as a collective unit. This is the first glimpse that we have, you know, at this marriage. And so far, so good.
1: Absolutely. And and I just love it because whenever you hear Mike Mayock on TV, uh, when he's breaking down these players in the draft, when he's, you know, on draft day and all that, a lot of the time he's talking about character. He's talking about how these guys all act off the field, how they interact with coaches and all that. So – I want to applaud him on kind of flipping the switch. Like, okay, yeah, we might have a little couple little bumps and bruises with Antonio Brown that we might have to work through. But listen, I'm willing to work through that because he's a guy.
2: Yeah, he's a you know ball what I player. Mean? Yeah.
1: He's the player. So yeah. I'm going to take my little draft cap off right now, Yeah. and I'm going to look at the player that we have an opportunity to get, and I'm going to go get him. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know that. what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm. And next up. You know, It was a draft, though, so we're going to see what him and Gruden are made of coming up in at the end of April. And with four of the top 35 picks, you got to pray that you hit home runs yeah. with these picks because the idea is you go into Las Vegas with a playoff contender. I'm not saying this doesn't have to be a, a, a winning season. Obviously, you would like for this season to be a winning season. You have the chance for it to be a winning season. But as long as in two years or a year from now – you're going into Las Vegas with a playoff contending team. You have succeeded as far as it goes with the new regime, correct?
1: Correct. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I mean, this, this right here, you getting A-B, lets me know now we can go into the draft and we can build this defense up.
2: Well, let's go back to Carr, though, uh, because he did mention Derek Carr, Drew Rosenhaus did, that Carr was a big reason, big reason why A-B – came to the Oakland Raiders, a big attraction, as you know, if you're on Twitter, um, AB posted love at first sight, and it was a video from the Pro Bowl with him and um, Derek Carr from a couple years ago, and he posted it, love at first sight, which I thought that was hilarious, right? I know in your eyes, you played with Derek Carr time and time again. You have called him baby A-Rod. Needless to say, you have so much confidence in him.
1: Yeah, never going to say
2: a lot of people out there are saying, though, Carr may not be the guy for the Oakland Raiders.
1: I, I, I could care less <laughs> what anybody says about Derek Carr.
2: People are saying maybe in, they'll draft Kyler Murray.
1: I've been in the huddle with him. I've been training with him since he was at Fresno State. He's special. Oh, I know. And from AB being with him at the Pro Bowl, he knows he can spin it, too. Yeah. So I understand everybody wants to think grass may be greener on the other side with another quarterback. This is your franchise quarterback and the Raiders know that too. Yeah. And Derek Carr will be there and that's the decision, you know, A B made to come there. I'm gonna have a good quarterback. Yeah. You know, and that is number four in Derek Carr. So all that Kyler Murray stuff is and hogwash? Derek Carr. Listen, hogwash? This is this is your quarterback. This is your franchise quarterback. So Raider Nations, believe that.
2: I feel like this is how I explain what has happened the last two years since the 2016 season. This is how I kind of explain it with Derek Carr. And tell me if you're with me on this. In 2016, when he was having his MVP-like campaign, uh, before he broke his leg, what was the one constant? It was Bill Musgrave. The same OC for back-to-back years. The first time and the only time in Carr's career that there was continuity, which obviously translated into success. Yeah. Since then, what? two different coordinators just since then he said like four or five, I don't know. but since then, okay. two different coordinators, on top of breaking his leg, he fractures his back and then what breaks his his pinky or his thumb, something like that, I forget. And then his offensive line has basically gotten him killed since 2016. okay? So in my opinion, this is what I'm saying. Let's see what he can do this year in back to back seasons. Under John Gruden and Greg Olson, with a better supporting cast and hopefully with a better, stronger O line, if the Raiders, you know, shore up their O line in the off season, right?
1: I know what he's gonna do. What he gonna do? So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised right now. He gonna come out. He gonna light it up. <laughs> okay. He gonna be in. He gonna be in the MVP conversation again. It's gonna be his second year under Coach Gruden. Like you said, he got. He got a. Explosive number one wide receiver. I'm sure they're definitely gonna, you know, do something like you said on the old lineman and get 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 a running game. But listen, DC is special. So if he comes out and he throws for five thousand forty five hundred and he's in MVP conversation and everybody's gonna be sitting there like oh my goodness, I we didn't even know this kid was this special. And then I'm just going to come back to this <laughs> podcast like, man, I told y'all that a long time ago. Yeah. I ain't surprised. What if he I'm
3: doesn't?
1: Talk, what if he doesn't? I'm gonna be talking all nonchalant just like this. And if he doesn't, it ain't going to change. It ain't going to change <laughs> nothing that I'm going to say. I'm just going to say, wait till this next season comes because he's going to light that thing up. So you have because a bias. You have a bias. I know. I know he's that type of player, nah, but you, you know, that's biased. never going to change. I'm, I'm a believer in DC. No, nah,
2: I'm a believer in DC too. Uh, and a funny story before we go, I don't know if you have checked Twitter. Cause I know you've been out all day with your sons. Yeah, I've
1: been I man, I ain't even looked at my phone.
2: Clearly. Um, I know you haven't text me back. <laughs> Shoot. We were supposed to do this podcast, by the way, everybody like seven hours ago. And now it's know, almost man, midnight I've, and we're doing I've
1: been it. been on the field all day, man. Jeez.
2: It's okay. But this is hilarious. So Darren Carr, Derek Carr's older brother, he yep. tweeted this. It was, oh my gosh, hilarious. It's a dad joke. Um, apparently at church today, their father, Darren, Derek and David's father, leaned over at church and whispered to Darren, have you heard they are changing the alphabet? And Darren was like, huh? And his dad said, A, B, D, C. C." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is kind of smooth, but I mean, the main thing about it is, hey, Pops, that's what you're thinking about at church? That's what <laughs> right. you're praying for, huh? You <laughs>
2: <laughs> said the middle of church, A, B, D, C. Oh, that's hey, hilarious.
1: Hey, that's cool, though. Hey, that need to be a shirt right there. Somebody better come out with it ASAP.
2: A, B, D, C. Good good idea. Yeah. We can sell some Blue Wire merchandise on here.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: That's awesome. Okay, but um, <laughs> just so you know, because obviously you also haven't been on Twitter, with A, B, the Raiders' chances to win the Super Bowl went from 75 to 1 odds to 50 to 1 odds now obviously those are still not great odds and they still have a lot of work to do and pieces to put in place for them to be contenders but that brings me to this Le'Veon Bell what is next for the Oakland Raiders will they go after Le'Veon Bell are they interested in Le'Veon Bell They have the money to offer him. I think that if they offer him the same exact contract that they gave AB, uh, because Bell wants to get paid wide receiver money, as we all know, I think do it. You got the money. Do it. Why not? And just with Le'Veon Bell, I think you're a playoff contender. Automatically, with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, you're automatically a playoff contender right there. Do it. Do it, Raiders. Do it.
3: No
1: question. You got the money and you got the draft pick. So why not bring in a guy like like Le'Veon Bell, and pay him the money, and you got three first-round picks who you could bring in right now, and you don't have to pay them for four years, you know, and you could build that defense up, and you know I already got two guys on my offense that's going to make my offense special. You know, if I was a GM, that's what I would do. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
1: I would throw the money at Le'Veon Bell, come back here, play with your old teammate in in Antonio Brown. You know you ain't going to see eight, seven-man boxes because they're going to be over the top of A.B., <laughs> yep. you know. So, come on. Let's go. we get you going, too. And we going to make sure we use these three draft picks we got in the first round and one in the second on this defense.
2: Well, think about this. You got Derek Carr. Let's just say this happens. You got Derek Carr, A.B., Jordy Nelson, Jared Cook, and Le'Veon Bell. Mm.
1: Come on. Let's come go. On. You know, that's that. That, that, that's 25-1 to 1 odds if Le'Veon come over there.
2: Now, I know you want the Raiders to focus on defense when it comes to the draft, but, you know, I was taken aback when they traded away Coleccio Semele, okay? Because, as you know, last year, Derek Carr was sacked 51 times. That can't happen. They need an offensive line that can protect Derek Carr. And this is an offensive line... That is just a few years removed from one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. I don't know what has happened, but in 2016, that was the strength of this team, their offensive line. Yeah. Since then, it's gone downhill. So with one of those picks, I say maybe get an offensive lineman, and then you can obviously work on the defense. You need an edge rusher, a middle linebacker, maybe even some safety help.
1: I'm going all defense.
2: What about the offensive line? What are you talking about? What about the offensive line?
1: I'm going all all defense and then I'll I'll try to bring in me a, a free agent guy, that's maybe not at the top of the market that I got to pay 60 million, but maybe I could bring in a guy like a TJ Lang or something that just got cut from the Detroit Lions, but a guy that's proven, a proven pro bowler that just got cut, that you possibly can give, okay, here go two years, 20 or something, that could solidify that line. But not only that, you got a special receiver in A.B. If you get uh, Le'Veon Bell, D.C.'s going to get that ball out of his hands fast. Yeah, so, he was- you know, so let's just—we ain't gotta have no big-time money put into that. But you could get decent guys like that that could protect and Pro Bowl players, not at a high price like that. But I would—I would draft on that defense, get that defense rolling. That's just my humble opinion. They're
2: top four picks, you're going all defense.
1: Come on, defense, and we finna be rolling.
2: Let's see what happens in free agency.
1: Like Charles Woodson always told me, if they don't score, they don't win. That's a fact. <laughs>
2: that, is, that, that, that is a
1: fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So put that defense out there. Get them guys on defense. Go get that quarterback. Get some safeties, linebackers, whatever you need over there on that defense with them top high draft picks. And they don't score, they don't win.
2: Shoot, as you saw last year, seems like defense still wins championships.
1: <laughs> you know, it does because it, 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 it's happening, trust me.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Well, free agency is going to be interesting and exciting. The draft is going to be interesting and exciting. We'll see if the Raiders go defense, 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 defense with their first four picks. And then we'll come back on here on this podcast and and we'll talk about it. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, it is almost midnight, my time, central time. Only 10 o'clock where James is. Uh, We'll post this first thing Monday morning, so... I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was all things Raiders, all things Antonio Brown. Make sure you subscribe to Keeping It 300 on iTunes, Spotify, and Art19. And if you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. All right. For James, I'm Fallon. And we are going to leave you with a little treat instead of our normal layout music. I found this during our podcast. It is Antonio Brown's. Instagram Live from Sunday afternoon when he was having a party at his house celebrating becoming a Raider, and Derek Carr popped in and asked, Are you open, Raider Nation? You're going to love this. It displays the relationship that already has forged between Derek Carr and Antonio Brown. Y'all should be pumped up. Check it out. Jet, D.C., we
1: celebrate, baby. Hey D.C., I'm in the best physical conditions.
3: Mm, I'm
1: ready. Hey, everyone, go follow yeah. Mr. Carr, yeah. Derek Carr. Yeah. Tell him I love him. I'm so excited to be playing with him and I'm um, looking forward to work.
2: First day I woke up a Raider.
3: Shoot, shoot, shoot.